Welcome to Simply Stogie's podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, James. Joining me this week, again, as he is contractually obligated to do, and even after death, uh, because he does have an AI now. He has a he has an avatar. Uh, it's my friend, but this is the real deal. He's here live in person uh, in New Jersey. Snowmageddon going on. Nick Sirius, uh, owner of LH, and my friend, co-host. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. Yes, Snowmageddon, a lot of snow. However, it melted very quickly. The roads are clear. It was amazing because uh, I don't know how many inches we were supposed to get seven to 12, but the roads are fine. So here I am smoking at the Metropolitan Lounge, the new studio, the new Simply Stogie studio room that I have. Yeah, here. yeah. It looks very nice. It looks very LH branded back there. Yeah, uh, it looks good. Course. You did a good job. Uh, Thank you. They, Thank they, you. They really hooked you up there. Uh, but yeah, he's at the Metro, uh, New Jersey. If you're in the, uh, out in New Jersey, you should probably go be a member there. Uh, you go check out the best deal. Yeah. Best deal happening. Go check out the clear of the air where we, uh, had the Metro on and, uh, Johnny was, uh, Johnny, right. Is that his name? Am I I getting that right? No, you're talking about the president. Yeah. Pete Pete. Pete Graziano, who goes by coach. 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 How do I forget coach? Anyway, uh, welcome to the program, Nick. We've got a a great guest as we uh, start our march to the PCA uh, this week. But a couple of quick programming notes. If you tuned in a couple of weeks ago for the last episode of Simply Stogie's podcast, you noticed that wasn't uh, who we had uh, said it was going to be. There was a scheduling conflict, uh, but we're very happy to have uh, that that, uh, Dr. Lampert was uh, able to uh, step in. And so we had him on. Uh, and we look forward to having, uh, you know, rescheduling with uh, Rick and Sarah Rodriguez from West Tampa Tobacco very soon. So stay tuned for that. It was just a scheduling conflict. Uh, we we got to sort it out. Um, and then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that it's event season. Did you know that, Nick, that it's event season? Every day is event season. It yes. is. Yes. Yes. We are. <laughs> we are quickly approaching uh, the trade show. But my favorite event. Of all time is the mild Kentucky Herf out at Ashland, Kentucky, Fat Ash Cigars. Give uh, Dwight Atkins, uh, Stephen, and Tim a call. Uh, you can give them a call at 606 254 0484. If I'm feeling froggy, maybe I'll put that right below me. But again, that's 606 254 0484. Get your tickets to Mile Kentucky Herf. It is the largest Midwest cigar event, uh, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's always a good time. They have lots of vendors. You'll get a ton of cigars. They have both general admission and VIP admission, uh, which I would probably recommend get that VIP uh, before it sells out because it's going to sell out. It sells out. Uh, but it's such a great time. Lots of different vendors, both uh, cigar related and non cigar related, cigar adjacent, whatever you want to say. Um, they always have uh, bourbon, food trucks, beer, uh, lots of cigars, lots of uh, personalities. Uh, and I'll be there. I mean, so why wouldn't you want to go? It's May 11th this year, Ashland, Kentucky. Again, give Dwight a call at 606 254 0484. Uh, and there you go. That's uh, that's going to do it for all the shilling. Uh, I promise. Now let's get to our guests because uh, when I when I talk about people around the industry, not so much in the industry, but around the industry, you know, there are a couple people that come to mind, and this guy should come to your mind pretty quick. We're very uh, fortunate to have him on the show for the third time. Uh, it's William Cigar Coop Cooper. Cigar Coop, how you doing, buddy? 
James, Nick, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for for a while. So uh, I know we got this scheduled uh, a while ago, and, and I'm glad it, because I've been looking forward to this uh, for quite a while. Yeah, we're going to talk about the trade show. We're going to talk about uh, uh, everything you want to know about the trade show, but we're too afraid to ask, Yeah, uh, essentially. I, I'm not afraid to ask anything, which is why we're doing it. Uh, let's let's start there. So, Coop, this is going to be what your eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth show, fourteenth, fourteenth. Yep. Yep. So this will be your fourteenth. What are you looking forward to? Like just off the top of your head, what what's the one thing you really are looking forward to? From uh, you looking from an exhibitor standpoint or the trade show itself? No, from a personal standpoint. Well, from a personal standpoint, uh, obviously it's seeing one is the, is the place we get most of our team together. And it's a chance to also in, interact with guys like you and others, um, which I don't get. I mean, I, I do get to see manufacturers, but there's a lot of friends I don't get to see throughout the, the year. And and there's an inherent value in that for me. Uh, it, it helps me grow in what I do. So I think this it's a very, very important thing. I've heard the term family reunion used with this with the PCA trade show, and it really, really has been one. So I know last year we finally met for the first time. So, I yes. mean, that was great, yeah. Uh, and then we saw each other in Texas as well. So, um, like I said, that's that's what I get the most out of it. Um, I can cover and find out what new cigars are coming out, which is, I could do it without going to a trade show. But that other part, like that family reunion part, I, I, I mean, it may sound waxing poetic, but it's true. No, you're not the first person to, to, to say that, uh, yeah. Coop, that it is a family reunion. I've also heard that it's a, a, it's a one time a year where everybody can get together and kind of let their hair down, so to speak, kind of just let yeah. loose and cut loose and and, right. and and meet up with their friends that they haven't seen in a while. Uh, so it's kind of like a big industry party. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but I want to start here. And we talked about this a little bit uh, before we started recording, but TPE, you know, we talk about event season and that really TPE kind of kicks that off uh, every year. But from everything I've read, because we don't go because I'd rather support the PCA than the TPE. So right. if we have to kind of choose one or the other. Right. That's the PCA is where we want to go. Right. But it kind of sounds like the TPE has turned a corner and it's kind of left cigars behind. Uh, have you heard the same thing? Um, I think the I don't know necessarily if they've left cigars behind, but cigars I felt left behind. You know, there's always been if you've gone to TPE, it's it's what's called the red carpet and the blue carpet, right? So the, the blue carpet's all the alternative tobacco products, and the red carpet was always the premium tobacco products. And the idea is they were trying to grow that premium piece. But, you know, it always looked like when you went to TPE, the blue carpet were like the haves and the red carpet were the have-nots. And a lot of times the, the booze on the red carpet weren't, weren't as nice. You didn't see a lot of the main stakeholders at that show. Um, and now... Despite incentives, and TPE does give you incentives to go, uh, a lot of people, if they had to make a decision to go into Vegas uh, two months apart, they picked PCA. So I think it hurt attendance, was hurt big this year because of that. And I think from a, from an exhibitor standpoint, the exhibitors are, are they're very old school. If they have a choice between TPE or PCA to put out a product, they're going to put it out of PCA. So I think it was a tough one. I don't know. I don't know what the TP could have done to fix that problem, though, other than they're not going to move their show. Their show is going to be in January because of the other business outside of cigars. So, yeah, it definitely seemed like they were. I mean, I wasn't there, but first of all, I, you know, 
all the pictures I saw and video I saw, the show looked empty. And just some of the people I talked to were, you know, they weren't they weren't busy. It's like I'm talking to exhibitors. They weren't busy. I've heard a couple of booths send people home even after the first day. Wow. That's uh, unheard of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm that's not good news for TP. At least not, for premium cigars. That's no, for sure. it's not. And I don't want to that I don't want to say the companies just because this is what I heard secondhand. So but um yeah, that that's not good at all. But you don't think that TPE needs premium cigars there, do you? No. No, they, they don't. They could run that show without premiums. I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for some smaller companies to go. I think it's a good opportunity for companies to engage maybe the convenience store route, the C-store route, as opposed to the premium tobacconists. And there are premium tobacconists there. So I think there's some some opportunities there. But, you know, for example, I talked to a company at Little Florida Minicana, and, and they said to me, that's not our space. We, we don't need to go there because that's not who we're selling to. You know, it, so I can understand that. You know, Drew State, on the other hand, they have a lot of products that go into that C-Store space. It makes sense for them to be there. Yeah, no, for sure. And and Drew Estate's back at the PCA uh, this year. Is that, that's right, right? Yep, they're, yeah, they're definitely yeah, back. They're, back. they're okay. definitely back. Um, so that's, so out of the big four that backed out in 2020 when the show was canceled, uh, Davidoff is the only one that, that hasn't committed? Is that? Davidoff is not going to be there from, all indications. Um, the only representation that Davidoff will have there is actually with Ferry Otego. I think they're going to have a couple of support people because they distribute Ferry Otego. Uh, and I saw a couple of Davidoff people walking around last year who were with the Ferry Otego booth. So that's going to be the only presence, but they're, that's going to be strictly Ferry Otego. Uh, they're not going to be doing some Trojan horse stuff like uh, ST Kid did. Oh, he has got the Matt booth. Yeah. Boost, boost, so. yeah. yeah there's, there's a little. Uh... It was a little sleight of hand. I got a little on. trouble for saying they were back at the trade show that year too. I said, "Well, you are you you want Sancho Panza? It has nothing to do with even Matt's." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So if if the TPE doesn't need cigars and uh, premium cigars and premium cigars for the most part, besides maybe Drew Estate and maybe a couple of smaller other ones, don't need TPE. Why? Why do they continue to go? Is it? Is it? Because it's it, it can't be it's probably not as expensive as go to to go to TP as it is PCA, but that would not just nearly free yeah it would still it <laughs> they would pay up. for everything they give you everything for free they even pay for your hotel if you go yeah but yeah, how, they, they, how much longer is that going to go on that's a good question James I mean because for media they paid for hotel and a ticket so and then for retailers it was that and I think they also got a gift card I don't know if they still got the gift card. But and those are those were targeted at certain buyers, those those retailer packages. But, you know, in the end, time is money. It's still time for people to have to get out there. There's flights you have to deal with. Um, so it, it, there is a cost of being away from, you know, your, your job or your business. And there's a cost to go out to Vegas. Um, January is not a cheap time to go to Vegas because it's, you know, winter season is pretty good season for them out there. So. Um, you know, Either I think a lot. Of, yeah, no, well, I, I, yeah, I agree. You know, next year is going to be interesting, right? Because next year we're going to really see if people want to go to PCA or they want to go to Vegas. Well, that's that's my question next year. That's a good that's a good segue to my next question, uh, yeah. Coop. Because uh, from everything that I am hearing, 
out there in the ether through the grapevine, whatever it is you want to say in the, in the cigars yeah. zeitgeist, um, is that there are a lot of retailers not going to PCA this year. Yes. If that's the case, and this is not a very well attended show from a retailer standpoint, what's to say that next year in New Orleans where, and, and look, we were there. Nobody clapped when they announced New Orleans for 25. It was, they clapped, they clapped for the move to the spring. And it was like, they didn't boo. They didn't boo when they announced New Orleans, though. But I think they wanted a, to. I kind of felt like they It was like, to. yeah, you heard a couple was, of those isolated. It was crickets. It was just it was, crickets. Yeah. 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 So, so what's to say that 25 is going to be any any better attended than, than this year when people aren't going this year? Which, look, and, and to put it into full context, the, the economy. Well, it's not the best. It's certainly stronger than it was this time last year. Yeah. So when retailers go to these trade shows, and I've, I've been with retailers at trade shows before, um, and they walk the floor. Uh, re- the manufacturers aren't really interested in sitting down and having a cigar with them. They're interested in getting orders, right? And if they're walking around the trade show and they're not going to someone's booth, they're, they're like, well, where, where's so-and-so and why don't I have an order? I know that because I've gotten this retailers so many times. And what it really comes down to is most of the retailers don't have the budget to spend three days at, 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 at a trade show. It's, it's honest. So a lot of retailers who went in July, it's not even a full cycle year, and they can't do a level of buying. And, and to go out to the trade show and just hang out really isn't a great option for a lot of them. So I think they're going to stay home this year, but I think 25, if they buy into New Orleans, I think they'll be back because there'll be a cycle of buying. But I think the PCA even knew that this this was a possibility when they shifted the calendar. They would just have to bite the bullet on it for one year. Well, and I don't know if you listened to our interview with Scott Pierce. Uh, yep. February, what was it? February 1st? Yeah, yeah very think, good interview, guys. Yeah. Really, you guys commend on that interview. Very they, good. They, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. It was, it, he's very excited for New Orleans and they, they've kind of changed some things, he said, yep. and they're trying to get more buy-in from, from the businesses down there. And they certainly have a little bit more time to, to, to prep for it. But what, you know, I, we, he, he volunteered this information. It wasn't a question I asked, but right. they're getting the, the convention for free this year, the convention hall. Is yep. they, There's z- a huge, okay. So yeah, $0. I'm not surprised. They have a huge financial incentive to not just go to New Orleans, but make New Orleans work. There's a huge financial incentive for them to do this. So, yeah, I I think when they look at the, the, the ledgers, even factoring that convention hall thing, which I wasn't aware of till you just said that, but I, I'm going to trust that if, you know, I don't remember, did Scott say that in the interview? Or the, I don't remember hearing it, but I, if, I might've zoned out. So, no, uh, I, I, I'm fairly. I mean, I'll definitely go back and make sure. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm almost yeah. sure that that's what he he had, he volunteered that information because I yeah, see he even talked it, about it in the clear of the air. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm going to say. Let's say that I'm going to say it's true. Um, there's a even if you had to pay for it, the cost for them to put the trade show on in New Orleans is going to be much cheaper than Vegas. Vegas is a very expensive place to put it on. You think question, so? Yeah. The question is, can they sell the industry on New Orleans, and that's going to be a tough one to do. Well, I, well, they're going to go out of their way to try because, they, as they mentioned, to... they, they have that uh, Street USA. They got it blocked off. You'll be able to smoke anywhere up and down the street. They got all kinds of uh, entertainment and parties. I mean, they're going all out They They really are making every effort I, to make New Orleans work this year. Right. And the, and the new out of the scenic is I have confidence in Scott and his team to do that. 
10 years ago, I wouldn't have had, and I didn't have that confidence 10 years ago when it was in New Orleans. It was not a good show. And I don't think the people running the show really got it. I think Scott, he gets what he has to do with that. It's still going to be a tough sell. I, I don't care how it is uh, because New Orleans is not Vegas. Vegas is just people make a vacation out of Vegas. Where, uh, where would you like to see the show out? Like if they asked you, like, Coop, you get to choose. Where Where do you want to? In, in any city, you'll say yes. Like logistics aren't a problem. Like permissions not a problem. Where would you want to see it? Would you want to just have it in Vegas, Tampa? Like where would you like to see it? I want it in Florida uh, for sure. They had it in Orlando in 2012. Some people didn't like it because it had all the problems where you can't centrally get together. But I thought Orlando put on a pretty good trade show that year from a convention standard standpoint. Uh, you know, Orlando's not the worst place to be. There's things to do. There's, there are places to go smoke down there. Uh, so I'd like to see there or Tampa uh, for sure. I'd like to see it in Florida. Uh, I, I have to disagree uh, about Orlando. Orlando convention wise was good. But the fact, you know where everybody was hanging out, right? Corona. In the front. Well, no, no. If you if you took the hour, you know, uh, getting there, you know, from from the hotel, that was a big to do. It was a long cab ride, an expensive cab ride, unless you rented a car. And then it's like, right, you know, but everybody was parked in front of the hotel with the chairs. You remember everybody was sitting in front of the, you know, like we took over the hotel. So everybody was kind of sitting there. And then everybody would go to Corona. Every night was Corona. So they had, a, they had Borzowitz, tents in the parking lot. Yeah, he he made out. I mean, he had every retailer in attendance there, and it was it was fun being there. I enjoyed being at Jeff's place. It was just the logistic of getting from the hotel, the convention center, over to Corona every night and back. That yeah, was yeah. the big problem. And I if had a they car. Had shuttles. If they had yeah. shuttles, if they had, you know, I, I had to take a cab. You know, it was like every time back and forth. That was yeah. the only that was the only game in town. Yeah. And it was fun when you got there to downtown. But I think even though you didn't ask me the question, James, I'm going to answer. I would like to see it in either Ybor City, Tampa, which me is, too. you know, the, the second, you know, the Havana, Tampa, man. That's that's where, you know, in the U.S. that used to be, you know, the epicenter of cigars. Yeah. So it would pay homage to that. And I think. It's in Florida. I think Florida is a great, you know, tobacco state and that would be great. And I think people would tend to go there. Uh, I, everybody loves Vegas because they love to gamble. Like you said, they make their little vacation. The wives, if they come along, they can do the shows. So there is definitely a draw with Vegas. But the financial uh, part of it is, you know, back in the day, you know, five, six years ago, even you could go there and stay for relatively nothing and right. eat for nothing. Yep. Now, what do you do? You wait in line for 45 minutes to get a coffee in the morning. You want to eat somewhere. It's it's impossible. Everything is booked up. Yep. The hotel price is jacked up. So there's a lot of reasons not to have it in Vegas. So if the PCA can successfully move the venue, and like Coop said, I think, yeah, the first year, this is the one they're kind of giving away. You know, TPE, too close, the the time change, you know, the, the scheduling change. So, yeah, this year is going to be hard to gauge because I do believe it'll be less attended because of the time shift, you know, the the programming. But next year, I think it'll be I think people will be interested to see it. And I think hopefully it'll be a great show in uh, New Orleans. And, you know, I think they'll give a lot more confidence to the retail members 
to you know explore another city i i like the traveling idea i, I don't think you should have all we do one in tampa i think nashville is a great city indianapolis is another great city there's a lot of really nice cities that could be conducive to the show so that's my two cents yeah i just don't know if all of those cities would be okay with with uh you know thousands of cigar yeah. smokers descending upon them for you know four or five yeah. days I, I think that's that's a major yeah. concern. I, I feel like Ebor City slash Tampa would be a really good one. I mean, they just opened a, a new uh, CI down there uh, in, in Tampa and they've got, you know, you've got uh, Cathedral and then all of those shops, those tiny shops up and down that that strip in Ebor City that that would absolutely love that kind of foot traffic. Uh, every night and you could yeah. sit down have a Cuban coffee and people watch and catch up with your friends. Like, I don't know. That makes more sense to me. Um, but didn't they have the same problem? I mean, Nick, Nick talked about uh, the hotels, dragging the chairs out from the hotels and whatnot in Orlando. Didn't they have that same problem in new Orleans the last time? Um, they did. They had somewhat of, I mean, people didn't have their chairs. There was the difference. Um, but people were scattered all around town going to cigar like things at night. That was the big thing with New Orleans. So no one was really central. And I think this like Cigar Street USA, whatever they're calling it, I think they're going to try to create a central feel for it, uh, which I think will be good for that. that that's going to make all the difference. It really it, will because it, it, it's have, exactly yeah. right, Coop. The, the, the other past years – you didn't feel like you saw everybody because everybody was so scattered. It wasn't kind of a an all together kind of idea. So you saw them on the trade show, and then at night you may have run into somebody at this club, bar, you know, restaurant. But it was so scattered. But now with this cigar USA thing, I think it's a great concept. I think Scott Pierce, if it gets executed properly and well, it's going to really yeah. make a difference for the yeah. PCA. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, um, I think it will be a, it'll be a big thing if they can do that. Um, what I do know, my inside baseball is telling me it's two years in New Orleans, at least. So then back I, they to back, have, you're saying you think it's back to back? Yeah. Didn't, no, didn't they I, kind of allude to that? Like almost like that's what was going to happen. Anyway? I can neither confirm nor deny anything that I know. <laughs> I, I'm going to yeah. say what I'm going to say. Look, I think they. I don't think they can get Vegas till 2027 is what I've heard, and I think they can get New Orleans for 2026. So well, I think and I think I think the manufacturers would like not to move their stuff, you know, and have it there for two years. It would make more sense. Yeah, because it's pretty expensive for them to go, Even you know, not the, uh, the the floor space, notwithstanding. Yeah. By the time it's all said and done for some of these companies, it, it's, yeah. it's a couple million dollars. Yeah. So yeah, they, they can't get Vegas till 2027 is my understanding from the like, we've known that for a while. Now, isn't this. Isn't this they're really wanting to show Vegas that they don't need Vegas? They have better leveraging when it comes to negotiating prices and, and dates and things like that. Like, we don't need to be here. We can go elsewhere. Yeah, but I don't know how much leverage they have in that case. So, I mean, because Vegas, you know, look at what the Venetian did. The Venetian basically forced them out. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I've heard Resorts World is a little more amendable. I think they do want the show there. They just don't have the infrastructure to have a show at Resorts World yet. At some point, they may. I know the convention center, when the expansion's done, it's going to have a lot more convention space there so they can leverage. There'll be more conventions at the convention center when that's all done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he said it's under construction, which is why they, they got the, the, the deep, deep, deep discount. Yeah. Um, but they... He also said that they had to expand it to include a second hall. 
There were yes. so many manufacturers this year going that they've had to expand it. Yeah, it's, if you look at the map, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of open space, though, because they, they can't fill the second hall. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of open space, so it's going to feel empty, probably, even if it's not, it's going to feel empty. Yeah. So I, I wonder how that's going to affect people's perception of attendance. Because it, 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 inevitably, it doesn't matter how many badges they say they, they sold. It doesn't matter how many... You know, retailers, you know, there's always that, well, they say this, but it kind of felt like this. Well, you know, there's certain booths you can go to, and if the booths are less crowded, uh, and you can pick out those booths, those companies, then you know know it's slower. Because there's companies I know that that always have crowded booths. And that's how I make the judgment call. That's a good segue, once again, Coop, and it's like you're reading my mind. (laughs) Uh, So, Altadis... Uh, f- uh, it's not Forge this year. It's STG, right? Because Forge was it's, last year. So it's General. Yeah. So, so it's, it's General, not General, Forge. General, not yep. Forge. And yep. then, and then we've got Drew Estate coming back. So, <clears throat> so General's going to be there, and it's probably going to be. It's not going to be nearly as big as it has been in in previous years when they were there. It's going to be bigger than Forge, <clears throat> from what I understand, because Forge had the old Alec Bradley booth, so it's going to be a little bigger, is what I've been told. A little bigger, but it's still not going to be the presence that they had in the past, is it? No, I mean, if you remember, that was like a trade show within a trade show they used to have. Yeah. It's not going to be that big. No, it's not yeah, even the I, biggest booth. On, yeah, and Altadis is going to be the same way. It's going to be not the biggest booth because typically they were one of the big spenders that would have a ton of space before 2020. Yeah, uh, now, they'll, they'll, they'll be bigger this year than last year, but I don't think, again, they're not going to be like Rocky or Gurkha's booths, which is going to be huge. Huge, right. And then you're going to have you're gonna have Drew Estate back. Now, is Drew Estate, do you know if they're bringing everything that they normally bring to a show? I imagine they are. Um, they're going to go all out. And they're also a premier sponsor of the show this year. So I'm sure that uh, they're going to be bringing the A game. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and they have a very big booth space as well. So it's a do. huge ass booth. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it like two store? They have something. Yeah. They have up, a second floor. Yeah. It's like buildings. And yeah. I don't cool. know if they're going to have the second floor again, is what I've been told. Uh, but that may have been a Venetian issue why they couldn't do it. Okay. I don't know what the convention the convention center may be different, but I think it was a Venetian. They had to get rid of it the last time they were there. And I really? Think it was, yeah, they didn't have the bridge there in 2019. Huh. So that's a Venetian thing. It might have been a Venetian <laughs> thing, from what I understand. Because like, they have they have the two story at TPA. I know that. So personally, are you happy that we're out of the Venetian? Um. It doesn't. It didn't really matter to me. Was the answer? I think, uh, I in the end, if the Venetian didn't want us there, I'm happy we're out of there. I didn't think the show was bad at the convention center uh, when it was there a couple of years. But people complained because they, you know, the host hotel at the time was Westgate. It still is, but they didn't have a Resorts World option. So um, it was very not, dated. It was it very was ver- dated. Very dated hotel. Yeah. Um, but Resorts World is. A 15 minute cab ride away is what I'm going to tell you. So, so you're not going to have this like notion of, hey, I can go up to my room at the Venetian anymore. Uh, you're going to have people now having to deal with cabs going back and forth. So it's going to be a little more complicated with that. But I, I rent a house, so it doesn't really affect me. I, I have to travel either way. And I, I thought the convention center did a decent, a very nice trade show. I thought it was a good layout. And everything. I had no complaints about the convention center. Yeah, we, we took a page out of your book this year we're, we're we're getting a house we're doing the uh airbnb thing nice I, nice yeah i i you know and it was kind of nice when you were at the venetian because you could go up to your room if you needed a break or yep. whatever and come back down but 
yeah, I, this is going to be, hey, we're here. No one's so, leaving until it's all done. <laughs> I, I don't know what the parking situation is going to be at the convention center. Normally, it's easy to park there, but the con- the construction throws everything out of whack is what I tell everyone. So uh, I don't know if what parking is going to be like uh, because par- I remember the last time I was there, the parking lot was under some major construction and you couldn't park close. But that was TP 2020 is when they started this expansion. So yeah. I don't know what it will be like is what I'm saying. It's not free to park there. Is no, it? nothing. Nothing's free. Nothing's free in Vegas. Yeah, nothing's so. free in Vegas. Uh, some of the hotels are free. The, the, the Venetian, the Venetian was, free. was free. The Venetian was free. Yeah. The Venetian oh, well, yeah, was but they charge you a resort fee every day, so that's kind of like parking and everything else, right? Like it's just that that was the, that was well. The even if, even if I was staying no, off you, off, you, you yeah. could park for free. They they just hope you're gonna get money in the casino. Ah, okay. So the convention center doesn't have that option, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I just. I guess my concern is the attendance. And if it's not well attended, how much money did it bring in for them? You, you know, are they really going to have any leverage? Unless New Orleans pops off and yeah, everybody goes to New Orleans. And it sounds like Scott and everybody are really pushing to have uh, things uh really well done in New Orleans. But let's yeah. I think I think we've 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 beat that horse to death. Several th- yeah. So from the manufacturer standpoint now, what are you looking for? Like, what are you looking forward to at the trade show this year? I think the big one's going to be Padron's 60th anniversary. And from all the indications I've heard is that's what they're going to be going into the trade show with uh, something around the 60th anniversary. So I would definitely expect that. Um, and it's, you know, when Padron doesn't do a lot of releases, so when there is a new major Padron release, it's the last major Padron release was, 16 with Damaso. So it's nine years. It's been a while. So I think that's going to be the one that um, I'm most interested in. I think they're going to have a very busy show, certainly this year. Uh, and there's a to be excited about going to see them right now. Uh, do you think we'll get any word on the Padron Fuente collaboration? No. <laughs> no. They, no. They may have, they ha- they'll have it there, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be on display again, but I don't think we're going to have any other information on it. I don't think it's coming out till after the show either. Really? So, yeah, I don't think it will be out before. I don't think they're going to, even if it was ready, I don't think they want to do distract it from the show at this point. I think they'll, they'll wait, they'll wait it out. Uh, uh, you know, early, yeah. June. I'm thinking of June with father's day. Okay. That, that, well, I mean, that's a good day to, that's a good day to release. It would be father's day. Yeah. Uh, have they, it. They, yeah, they had to go through some major packaging retrofitting. I mean, they had to redesign parts of the packaging so um, they don't get damaged again if something happens. Wow. All right. Um, from from a uh, from the perspective of new releases, because this isn't a, a full cycle, as you alluded to earlier, it's nine yeah. months uh, between between the trade shows. And I asked Scott this, and he said, "Oh no, the retail or the manufacturers knew this was coming, so they held back some of their." some of their uh, releases for for this trade show. Do you think it's going to be a muted response from manufacturers for this? Not very many new releases. And then on the flip side of that, are consumers, do you think, are they like, oh, man, like we just got done with all the PCA releases and all the new releases from last year, and now we're going to have more? Do you think that's going to be, do you think that's going to impact sales? So, yeah. Part of that is I actually have an agreement with Scott. I don't think we're going to see a slowdown in terms of what's based. That's the key word, showcased. 
uh, where they show product, they'll show packaging, they'll they'll have mock-ups of it. Um, I think you'll see more new product than you think. Uh, will it be as high as last year? Maybe it's not, but I don't think it'll be far off. So I think they will be product. The problem is I don't think I don't think the companies are changing their release schedule. So if they're showing something at the end of March, it may not be till December when you see it. So I think the consumer release cycle will be exactly the same. I, I think it will be spread out throughout the rest of the year. But um, I definitely see companies that are going to, like, again, with this Padron thing, I don't think, Padron, I think Padron probably won't ship that thing for many, many months after the trade show. Um, so certain companies always get, want to be ready to ship. Like, Drew State's usually a company. They like to get their stuff out as quick as possible. So um, general usually likes to do it within a 60-day period as well as what I've noticed. Um, so I, like I said, I don't think, I, I don't think that companies, the only thing that could hold it back is if they can't mock the packaging up. Um, but if you're a guy going to the trade, you're hoping to try new cigars, that may be where you say, well, yeah. you're either not going to get a sample or the sample isn't really what it is. Um, well, so, that's the only or, reason to go to the trade show, right? Free samples. Yeah, free, free samples. samples. That's it. Yeah, that's why free we sam- go. For free samples, right. <laughs> Uh, but that does affect the retailer. So if retailer can't 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 try a product, especially with some companies that are newer or just not as well known. That's a little more of a challenge for that. It is a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. And so from a media standpoint, because what we do is we essentially give them free press for their new releases. We let everybody know what's right. going out. We're able to showcase it. So while we're able to showcase it this time, the any hype we build. Uh, will probably, for the most part, be long gone by the time these these cigars get released if they're not changing the release schedule. So on that, with with that in mind, like how really important is it for media to to really go to the trade show anymore? If that's if they're not going to change their release schedule at least this year, maybe even next year, because it takes what two to three years, sometimes more, for a product to right. to, to come to market, and they've got these release schedules made. Uh, so it may be 26, 27 before the, the manufacturers are kind of on, on this release schedule with the trade show happening in April uh, every year. Uh, how really important is it for us to go as media? Oh, I, think, I think it's definitely still important. Um, for one thing, like I said, it, it's it's a chance to talk to people, uh, which is good. You'll see new products. Now, I'll give you a good example of something. This is where I wasn't a TPA, right? And there were two companies that introduced new product, right? The only way they talked about that product is uh, if someone else took a picture or a video of it and uh, you got the information at the booth. Because I contacted these two companies and I got crickets, right? So from my standpoint, I don't really want to have to go into – if I have to do it with PCA, it's going to be a nightmare for me. And then, you know, if you're, if you're smart as a company – you do the now shipping press releases and you try to create another boost later in the year with that. I mean, if you're smart and you'll do that, right? Um, Cause then it kind of just, it, it restores it fresh back in the mind. And, uh, and a lot of times, sometimes the packaging is tweaked a bit from the trade show. So, um, so there's things that you can do, I think to certainly do a launch later in the year. So I do think it's important for media to be there because like I said, if I have to follow up on this stuff, not being at the trade show, I, like I, said, I was really frustrated with the two companies, especially they've just, I don't know why you wouldn't respond to uh, a request. And I'm, I'm on good terms with these companies. It's not like I'm, I'm, not like I'm on bad terms with these companies. So I, I didn't quite understand the strategy. Like, uh, And then here's the other thing. A lot of these companies don't even take pictures of their own booth, right? Like how many, how many booths at TP could you really tell me 
you could tell me what they look like or was there pictures of the products, right? The only way I saw it is if media did it. Yeah. Uh, I saw pictures of everyone hanging out with Billy Gibbons and, and Mike Tyson. That's what I saw. From that's it. That's all I saw, too, is Billy Gibbons, Mike Tyson. That's all I knew that was at the time. Like, that's well, that's- you know, the they had a new launch out, and, like, no one had the new launch but Half Wheel. And give them credit for going to the booth. I'm like, that's – so, I mean, those are the types of things, I think, that, you know, if you are media, there is an advantage to being there. You could certainly talk to the manufacturers a little about the product. Because sometimes you learn stuff that you may not get. Uh, doing it indirectly. So, I, and, I, and I do think there's value because, you know, there's certain people I only get to see once a year at the trade show uh, for whatever reasons, just because they're not, you know, they're in Nicaragua or a lot or whatever. So uh, I do think there's absolute value in going to the trade show. There's okay. enough new product that, that you'll be plenty to cover. Sure. If, sure. if nothing else, it's, it is about the relationships, you know, retailer to manufacturer, media to everyone else. Yeah. I mean, that's why you go there to keep the relationships. Most of the time, you only get to see them once a year. And it's yep. usually at something like yep. this because everybody's around doing their thing. They're here, there. You know, I have a lot of friends in the industry that, you know, that's the best part about going to the shows because that's when I see them about once a year. You yeah. know, without that, it's, you know, a text, a phone call, not the same. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree with you on that. You know, good examples like uh, the EPC people, you know, uh, the family. I usually only get to see them at the trade show. And Ernesto's not usually there every year himself, but, you know, whether it's his daughter or son, that's the one time of the year I get to interact with them. So yeah. you know, I certainly want to go that time. Of, you know, Jose Blanco is a friend of all of ours. Um, unless he hires you to drive him around Tampa. Like, I, <laughs> uh, you know, that's the only time I get to see him, you know, once a year. Uh, so, uh, you know. It's so there is some value, you know. You had, I guess, you mentioned like uh, Dr. Lampert was on your show, right? Yeah, the yeah. first time I ever met him was at PCA. I mean, I've been, I was dying to meet him, uh, because I like what he's doing. Uh, so you know, he's based in Europe, so it's a good opportunity for me to get and introduce myself and or reintroduce myself, you know, and, and let him know, put a name to a face. So I think there is a lot of value with it. Yeah, I, no, would, to, I wouldn't say there's no value. Yeah, yeah, no, to be clear, uh, I didn't think there wasn't. I just, it was a, I thought it was a, Good question to ask. It's a good, it's a fair question. Yeah. It's a total fair question. Yeah. Yeah. I was going. I think there's value in it personally. Yeah. yeah. So with that in mind, with media in mind, uh, th- there were a lot of changes this year for media uh, yeah. and how they're doing things. Uh, I I don't know how much of a fan I am uh, of the mm-hmm. process. I think the process is a little clunky. I'm kind of giving them a, this year right. as a pass. We'll see what right. next year holds. But for example, it's very hard for me to, normally I take care of, the, the pass is for everybody. And it's yep. hard for me to be able to do that now because it's all individualized and you have to bring it in under your umbrella, but you still have to log in yep. Yep. with everybody else's stuff to, in order to pay it. And I'm like, why can't I just pay it like I did before? Build a website and pay it. Like I don't understand. Uh, so there, there, there's that. There's the communication piece, which, it, it again, it still seems a little clunky and, and whatnot. But I like what they're doing. And, and a lot of that's due to, to Scott. Uh, and, and, you know, I gave him a lot of props when we had him on because I think he has yeah. made a lot of inroads with media, with manufacturers, with yep. retailers, uh, uh, just all the way around. I think he's done a great job. But can you speak to kind of some of the changes they've made uh, in particular for media this year and what you like and what you don't? Well, you know, they made, they made a big deal about announcing they were getting rid of the media fees. And I don't and look, I, I think Scott's done a great job, but I, this is one I'm critical of of them. It would have been better to say you're restructuring the media fees than to say you're getting rid of media fees. 100%. Because 100%. guess what? I'm paying the exact same amount of money as I did last year. 
for media for badges. Yeah. Because I added a, I like I added a, a, another person, so I had to buy three extra bags. I only got two badges for free. It would have been so much easier to say, "Hey, we're restructuring the program," and it, it favors the smaller media guys a lot. Um, but don't say you're getting rid of the media fees when you're not. Okay. Uh, you're basically comping two media badges, and we used to get comp three with the four fifty. Yep. So it really wasn't that. It didn't have to be that. In the end, it's not a you know. In the end, I get it, but but it, it's a for, it, it's almost a wash, it, uh, especially it, from their perspective, because I think it's a savings for us. So what it was four hundred dollars, four fifty for the yeah. for the for the PCA membership. You got three badges, and then it was another three hundred dollars on top of that for two more badges. And you could right. only get you could only get five. I yeah. don't. Is there a limit on it now? Can we still only take five? Or, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so because so it doesn't say. So I, I was curious yeah. about that. So we could take, I guess, as many yeah. as we want. So it's a. But each one that, has to be vetted, though. They do have well, to. They went through a vet. They do so, go through a vetting process, but I, I've had I, I had to have two people register twice in order for them to show up. Which was I think they were going through some I think they were going through some growing pains with that too. Um but you know, I don't mean to like a guy like me and now I think even a guy like guys like you, you've been there, they know you. I think that vetting process was more just go through it, right? Um you know, they know you're producing content. It, it's for some of these other guys. I don't know how how much they went through the vetting process this year. And my next question is I don't know if they're still gonna circumvent the vetting process. Yes. The way they set this up, you could it is still incentive to circumvent the pro- like originally when I thought they were free, you you it was if they would have did four badges for free, I think they would have less of a problem. Even if they, but now if there's like two and someone wants to take extra people, could they go to company XYZ and get the badge? That's that's what I want to see happen this year. Because we uh that was a big topic of our of our press conference last year uh, about that happening and suppose i mean pca seemed a bunch of us talked to them after the press conference they seemed to understand like because i went to them and i said look maybe i should just call gurker and get badges for my team next year i can and i said why wouldn't i i can get onto the trade show a day early i could stay longer right and i don't have to pay right and like, and i said no i'm not going to do that right but eyes kind of lit up saying yeah it and we saw a lot of people with rogue badges the last three or four years. It's been a problem. Uh, on manufacturers badges on retail badges, it, it, it has been a problem in the past. I yeah. I don't know if what they're doing is going to have any impact on that. Like I no. pre- I appreciate the effort I guess that they're putting in. I just feel like it's very it's not very well thought out. It seemed like yeah. It seemed like. It's lip yeah, service. It's lip service. It's oh, I don't no, know we're doing we're, something. We're I think doing they something. tried. I think they tried, but I think. We just see, yeah, I just don't think they looked at the big picture of this. I mean, are they really going to escort someone off the floor with invalid credentials? I, I, that's my question. The PCA has never, the, what the PCA has never shown me to be is an enforcement agency. No. They, I don't think they want to be an enforcement agency. Um, so I don't, that's, they, I think they want to avoid that as much as possible. No, instead so, what they do, they ask us to police ourselves, which I think is even a worse idea than just yeah. non-enforcement to begin with. Yeah. And I really don't, you know, it's, look, we, we yeah, we really snitches don't want to get do, stitches. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> yeah. You really don't want to be that guy. And there's good guys I get who are in doing with the manufacturer badges and some of them are legitimately working booze, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you, you know, but again, I think that they should do is 
like, you know, media, if any, like, they need to, like, the manufacturer shouldn't be interviewing anyone that doesn't have a media stripe, unless you're, like, one of those quasi-media retailers that are doing content. Yes. So, but then go get a media badge is my answer, you know. I I guess for me, wouldn't it make more sense from a, a logistical standpoint from a, because you're not going to police it, you're not going to enforce it. To just let whoever have media badges for free. I mean, at the end of the day, what they want is they want publicity and they want the content out there. I don't think they care where it comes from. If it's from Instagram or X or wherever, they don't care because it's content that somebody somewhere is going to see. So from from, from that perspective, wouldn't it just make sense to be like, look, we'll give you X amount of badges, five, six, whatever the the number they want to cap it at. And that's it. But here's the thing. If if a manufacturer comes to us and says, these damn bloggers are just asking for free samples and this is who it was, like then they get escorted out. Because that, that, that's the sin, right? That's yeah. the concern and that's the sin that they really want to uh, kind of put the kibosh on. I would have went to four badges is what I would have did for the media. But the second thing is, you know, and, and I, again, I, I love, I think the Scott and his team is great, but there was, there was that part in the press conference last year where they said, a manufacturer complained to us, it was no one in this room, that there was some media guy at his booth and it cost him a sale. And I regret not going and saying, who was it? Who were the people involved with this? Because I, I, got, I have a hard time believing that any manufacturer loses a sale over a media person. I, I'm sorry. I've, I've seen a lot of wacky stuff on the trade show floor. I almost don't believe it other than it's some manufacturer who did say that, right? So, I mean, don't bother. Don't come to me with that. Do an investigation and get those people off the floor. Don't waste my time telling me this, you know, in, in a meeting. And don't ask me to police it. I, I guess yeah, I, I, if you had found out who it was, if they were like, oh, it's X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Would you have said something to X, Y, and Z? Nope. I want yeah. to stay out of it. Because yeah, I want to stay out of it too. I, and the, I, I, I'm not gatekeeping. I'm not. A, that's not what it, I'm here for. It's not even that because this is why I have to be careful, and, and you have to be careful. Like we don't want to make it seem like we're excluding people from the trade show either. And you know, the idea is I think everyone should be welcome at the trade show as long as you're meeting the criteria to get in. So <sighs> you gotta a, be. Able, I, I don't want to be the person that. This is their trade show. It's not my trade show. It's their job to do this. I I, I, I agree with the sentiment. I, I I think I disagree with the execution. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me out here. Uh, before it was, we're paying our, our fair share, right? right. We're, we're, we're paying to be a member yeah. of this trade organization. Right. As a member of the trade organization, we should be able to go. Yeah. Right. It, that was the bar of entry. That was the minimum requirement you had to have. Right. And now it's, oh, well, you don't have to be a member. We're going to give you two if we vet you and you're fine. Like how you know, we don't know what that vetting process even looks yeah. like. So I, I feel like if they went back to if you're a member, you get in. And if you're not, you don't. I'm OK with that. And that, that to me, that's easier to say they're here on so and so's badge and they're doing content for themselves. They got to go. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, I see exactly what you're saying with that. I don't disagree with that part either. Um, but you know, and then what comprises content is the question, right? So I think there's a difference. 
I don't think that, look, I think there's some Instagram people who do really good content and there's value it brings back in for people, for consumers, retailers and, and manufacturers. But I also think there's something where like you and I, Nick, we have a storefront. We have a website. We have a storefront on there. I think there's something to say with that, that, you know, what? there's a little bit of an extra effort being put in on that. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't disagree with that at all, but I like, but like you said, there are some folks on Instagram that are doing some great things. Evil empire cigar society kind of comes to mind. They have, they, they kind of do what I do, right? They have folks on from around the industry and they interview them. And the only thing they really don't do are cigar reviews. And they're more of just like the talking heads. Like I am. I think, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I think the talk is, there's good value in that. You know, one of my guys, Aaron Loomis is on my team. He doesn't do uh, he doesn't do interviews at the trade show. Um, he doesn't even take samples. Uh, he goes there for relationships, and then he does some content after the trade show based on that. But uh, he just feels like there's no need to do what everyone else is doing, so he's chosen to do a different angle of that. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that uh, if you produce your content afterwards. You know. Yeah, I, but like we we talked about a little bit before, and Charlie alluded to this when when he was on the show uh, in December last year. Even Half Wheel is kind of changing how they are going to cover that the trade show this year. Uh, lots of different big changes for them. It's going to be very different, I think, than what <clears throat> excuse me from what their their consumers have have seen in the past. What we've seen in the past from them um, is it, it. How is that going to impact the rest of media? Because obviously, you're going to look at what they do. I'm going to look at what they do, and then we're going to evaluate what we're doing based on what they're doing, bang for the buck, how much, you know, time and effort goes into all of that kind of stuff. And and we have to make our own uh, evaluations of that. But I feel like if half wheel really changes a lot of things on how they cover it, what they cover, why they cover it, I think the rest of us are going to follow suit. I went through an exercise a few years ago when I expanded the team at the trade show. And I looked at what Half Wheel was covering booth wise and what we were covering booth wise. And Half Wheel, I want to say they covered about 160, 170 booths. And we covered about, I want to say, just under 70. And I looked at it and I said, is it worth us going up? Like Bear and I talked about this. Was it worth going up to 100? Uh, and we looked at some, we did some looking at the numbers and we looked at things and we concluded. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth going much higher, covering more booze, especially with video. That we don't, we feel we stayed at 65 to 70 booths. It's manageable for us. And if anything, we added another person this year to try to do a better job at those booths. But our goal is not to try to get to those half wheel booths. I, I think there's a lot of diminishing returns in a lot of that approach of what they're doing. I don't, I maybe they have a different model. I didn't see the value. In covering some, and you know, booths that have no, that are unknown companies with no new product. Um, if you're an unknown company, I, I need to have a reason to come to your booth. You know, that's why uh, we didn't cover the BCA. None of the BCA people sent out information about the products they were exhibiting last year. So we 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 covered BCA from afar. We looked at and observed it, but we really didn't go do booths to booths coverage with that. So I don't think it's going to change. I think half wheel, if anything, they're seeing what I saw. There's got to there's a point where it's diminishing returns, and they got to find a happy medium. Our goal is we're going to try to do a better job at the booze with more photo angles, more candid types of things we're going to do on top of the interview. And we think if we stick to that, we'll, we'll be very effective doing that. It, um, it, it's weird doing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's weird doing video content 
uh, at, at the trade show. Cause it's, you know, we, we typically try to do 10 to 15 minutes with them if they've got it right. And if they have right. longer, like we had Nick Melillo and, and, and Sebastian, uh, from Cavalier, give us a half an hour a piece, 45 minutes a piece on the, on the last day, which was great, but that's obviously not going to happen, uh, this year. Cause there's no half day, yeah. but, uh, it, it was nice to be able to have that and have a lot of content and have a lot of 15, 20, 25 minute interviews with folks. I think, uh, Rick, Ricky Rodriguez sat down with us for a half an hour and, and we did an interview with him. Uh, you know, Steve Saka, Steve Saka. Yeah, we, we always do. We always do long ones with Nogolo, Saka and Pete are the big long ones we do. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting that you cover about the same amount of booze that we did last year. We, I think we covered about yeah. 60, 60 booze. And I was like, man, should we, should we really try to get more? Like, do we cover the small guys? And I understand not wanting to cover the BCA because they didn't send out any, any information. If they had and, something, I would have went, but no one sent, and, and, sent, and we had enough people to cover was the problem. I talked to Gabby about it. I was very, I said, I said, you guys get reason for people to come to a booth. Uh, well, I mean, I think for me, the story was like you said last year, BCA was there. Uh, for the first time, and I thought they did a pretty good job. I so think we, they did we, too. We we saw that too. We thought they had a lot of activity going on there. They did, and we we talked to Greg Free from uh, uh, Fuerte Libre, which I think they've changed their name, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Fyl is that what they went with? Yeah, yeah. And then we you know we talked to Gabby, Caffey Caffey Cigars, and and Dav Cigars, but that was about it. Um, I think we we talked briefly with family from uh, by loyalty, and uh, there was another one that we talked to uh, pretty quick, but it wasn't. They were GTO, yeah, a GTO, yeah. Uh, Doctor uh, Rodriguez, we talked to, him, and he's always fun. Um, but we didn't cover everybody because we just they're unknowns, and we don't know their cigars, and we don't know what they do, and they don't put out a lot of releases, uh, press yeah. releases, and and whatnot. So, so I get that, but I think talking to to DAV and 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 uh, Kathy, I those were the ones you wanted to talk to at the the pavilion. Are you yeah. gonna Are you gonna go to the pavilion this year and maybe cover some more? Well, I think we are gonna we want to try to for sure, but it's gonna be tough losing half a day. Uh, even though they're giving us an extra hour now on the floor for the three, it's gonna be tougher losing that half day. And in fact, I think I said something to be Kathy. I maybe or someone, I said, you guys really are going to get hurt by this. I'm just saying we we have about 68 to 75 booths we're going to. And, and look, we have relationships. We have people we know have new product. Um, You know, look, if there's a company that they just want to deal with half wheel and they're not responding to us, guess, and then guess what? I'm not going to your booths, right? Um, And oh, by the way, you know, um, don't contact me once a year. Like, There's a lot of these companies that I call them like, the one out of 365 days a year, they, they'll they'll contact me to come to because they want me to come to their booths. You, you got to kind of be. There's enough companies that are engaging with us 365 days a year. I can't. It's not fair for me to say I can't go to your booths because uh, I got to go check out someone else's booth who's not supporting us. Um, and that's not to be punish anyone. It's the reality is we only have X number of hours to cover this. Um, uh, and and look, this year's gonna be even tougher with Drew Estate and in general and Altidus. That's going to take up almost the whole day to do those booze alone. Those are two-hour booze visits a lot of times. So you're losing a lot of time here this year. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've encouraged people, if we don't get to your booze, I've always said it. I send an email, contact me. We'll set something up. We'll do a remote to make sure you get covered. And I only had one person do that last year. 
So I don't know what else you know I could do at that point. I, I make every effort. If I can't get there, we give them the Zoom option to do it. Yeah, I, I kind of feel, and this is deviating a little bit from, from trade show PCA talk, but I kind right. of feel like a lot of folks in the industry look at media as an afterthought. There are very few uh, folks that I have dealt with in the industry and I'm not calling anybody out. So don't worry about it. If that's what you're tuning in for, like you tuned into the wrong show. Uh, but there's a lot of folks in the industry that, that treat uh, media in general, like an afterthought. Uh, and, and it's almost like, Oh, well I need something now. So I'm going to get a hold of you, but I can think of maybe a handful five or less yeah. that if I reach out to them, boom, like it's, Oh yeah. Like, let's do this. And I, it, it's this last year we had folks reach out to us for the first time, which was kind of nice. Yeah. They reached out to us and they're like, Hey, you know, we'd like to do this, this or this. And so that was nice, but it's not the rest of the, like the, the, the majority of the industry kind of treats us as the media, uh, not just simply stogies, but the media in general is like the, the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. And then there's those companies, they want to deal with the print media who puts exclusivity restraints on it. And then what happens is some of these companies, they do shop exclusives or they do small batch releases and the print magazines don't want to cover. It. And then they come to me and I've actually now been turning that stuff down saying, no, unless we're getting, we're either all in with you or all out. So I understand if you have to give a print magazine a 24 hour window. I'm not arguing that, but if you're going to ignore us, right for that, not respond, but then they're not taking something from you and you're going to come to me on that. I'm sorry. I'm not putting the effort into that because why there's not a lot of value for my audience to, to cover that stuff. And it's still, it costs me the same amount of time to cover a single store release as a national release. It does. Yeah. It's the same amount of article. So, and it has a lot less traffic, right? So we've just told companies where he's all in with you or all out. This, uh, and uh, we've What's had one bad news we What's had the one response bit? Just one bad. Just one, one bad. One bad. Terrible we've idea. One bad. We've had okay. one bad. One bad. Yeah. They, they they feel like we covered them unfairly. Most of the others don't care because you just said it. It's an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. When you when you say go all in, you're either all in with us or you're not. You're not right. talking about like you're spending money on advertising and sponsorship. No. It's, you no, just I have a relationship with us where you let us know when you've got things going on and then we can just reach out to you whenever and say, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show or this, that, or the other without fear of feeling like the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. I mean, a good, a couple of good examples of that, like EP Carrillo is a great example. Uh, yeah, they do their exclusivities with CA, but you know what? We always get the information. We always get responses when we reach out to them. They, they're, they're very responsive on that. Um, so we're, 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 I'm totally fine with that. Um, I'm fine with that approach. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a couple companies that we ain't going to change the way they think on that. Uh, Fuente and Padron have been doing, with C, like, you know, they've been doing with CA longer than I've been doing this period. Uh, they have strong relationships there. But I know, like, for example, Carlito, he's always been responsive to me. He gave me, he did give me a story, um, the, the story about the Fuente Padron thing, shipping. He gave that story to me. Uh, no, I didn't copy that off of Instagram like some show said I did. Um, <laughs> but that was a, okay. That was a different. Like I said, Carlito, even when he gets stuff to the print media, he's always been responsive to me. Is what I'm saying. So of course we would do that. It's the ones that basically they're told don't talk to anyone else. We want the story, and they and suddenly they just ignore you. Those are the ones that we've just had to say, you know, we have to really reevaluate because we only have so many resources. It's not to punish them. 
If yeah. I had more resources, then it's another story. You know, we had we I, I had an interaction with somebody last year on the on the trade show floor, where I went up and I have talked to this uh, this person on through via Instagram DMs yeah. and whatnot before. And I was like, hey, I'm with Simply Stuckers. I'd love to, you know, do an interview with you. And he's like, do you even know my products? And I'm like, yeah, but that's not, doesn't matter if I know it. Like, you're the one that's going to talk about it. Like, do you know it? Right. Like, I don't have to know it. Do you know it? Because that's what I'm, I'm wanting you to talk about. It. And he was just very standoffish and very confrontational with me. And I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate, you know, the time. And I just walked away. I'm like, I, I don't. I mean, there was, there was an accessories company, TP, that I noted that to another media person this year. I'm like, really? I mean, so uh, you're not going to, it was almost like this person told me they were intruding on this accessories company. They felt like, you know, I, I don't, that's the only one. Uh, well, there was another one, but it wasn't nearly as confrontational, but that was the only one. It's like, well, who the, who the fuck are you? Why are you here? Yeah. Why do you want to, it's like, well, I don't see fucking CA or fucking half wheel or even coop fucking knocking down your door. Like, why are you, <laughs> do you not want any publicity at all? Like, I don't understand. Right. Um, you know, and I think what I will say is, and Nick's, you know, been around the trade show a long time. It, it's gotten a lot better um, where there is now a lot of people are at the trade show and there's people in roles to talk to the media. Uh, you know, I'll give you a great example of a booth that no one covers at the trade show. Oliva. Why is no one cover Oliva? There's very few people here to cover Oliva. And we go to every year and we get help. And there's someone there to talk to people. But for some reason, they don't, the media doesn't go to the Oliva booth for whatever reason. I, and like, I, I, for me, I can tell you why I don't go to the Oliva booth. Right. For me, it's everyone else is going to cover this. Why? No it, one covered it, it, but no one covers it. I feel like, I know, but you would think that they would, right? And, and this is, you've said this earlier. I, I, I know you said get what this. You're saying. Yeah, and I get what you're saying too. Like, like yeah. You know, why am I going to add my voice to this chorus that I, I'm just going to get drowned out? It doesn't matter. Let me go cover somebody else that's interesting. Yeah. Instead of spending the hour with Oliva, I can spend 30 minutes with this smaller company and get much more bang for my for my time investment. Right. 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 And I, and I, I that part I see. But, uh, you know, there are people who review Oliva cigars regularly, uh, smoke Oliva cigars regularly, and they don't go to the booth. We started a little campaign last year year called uh we cover oliva hashtag we cover oliva it got back to them it got back to them and i was contacted on saying what's this all about and we we told them the story and i said you know and they said well we've always helped you at the booth i said yes but no one else goes to the booth is what i was saying and they have a dedicated media person uh they always take us around the booth and oh if you want samples you're gonna get samples there too i never understood like but media they will they will cover um, other booths that I just, I don't know, I just don't get it. I can understand Rocky Patel a little being difficult to cover. Okay, because Rocky Patel is a little chaotic booth, and you have to kind of, it's, it's always chaotic to cover Rocky Patel, and we have to kind of call in some favors with people we know to do it. And so it's, that part is, I can understand that one. But, um, you know, if you have a rep, contact your rep. Uh, most reps are pretty helpful on stuff like this, is what yeah. I find. If you have a relationship with your rep, they're really good. They'll help you out uh, the best they can. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, there there are several reps that you know I will utilize during the trade show. I'll be like, hey man, like what's going on? Can we get an interview with so and so? Like we'll yeah. come back whenever. Just let us know. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we give, and we give a thank you, whatever you know. Hey, special thanks to so and so. We will do that stuff because uh, we're appreciative. Because sometimes, you, like I said, 
like Rocky Patel, I wish they were better set up for the media. Actually, Levis had a good setup for the media. The, the Rocky Patel is a little more chaotic. I, that part I can understand a little more, but I do see people still get to the Rocky boots is what I'm saying. So, You know, for me, uh, for the first uh, three three years, even even last year, it was, uh, you know, do they know who I am? Like, I'm a small guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe they don't, but in this last year, yeah, I kind of feel like everybody kind of knows who I am. Yeah. Not that it's a big deal because it's not. You know, uh, you know, but you know, I, I now maybe we'll go cover Oliva and we might try to get him with 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 Rocky and see if we can't get just a couple minutes. It, it's hard though because, it, and I've said this, I, I think I said this on the Clear the Air that if you go back and watch on the last Clear the Air is, it's not that I don't want to have an interview with a rep because I'm more than happy to interview a rep at, at an event yeah. at a lounge at whatever. Right. But when, but when we're at the trade show. Like this is the one time of year yeah. that I get FaceTime with the big guys, with the with the owner, with the blenders, with the the face of the company, whoever it is, whatever it is. I don't want to talk to a rep. And I can remember specifically a couple of years ago, I went to a, a booth and I was like, Hey man, I'd really like to talk to so and so. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, man, you're gonna talk with me. I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, I'm I'm James, like simply Stogie's uh, you know, what do you do? He's like, Oh, I'm I'm the rep for the Midwest. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, thanks though. I appreciate it. No. Nobody wants to watch that. They're here. Because I'm at the trade show. Yeah, and, and that's a tough one too. Um, we've had to do it from time to time because of availability. Um, it's interesting. We went to the Padron booth last year, and George wasn't there. And we asked if we can interview with someone else, and they said no. Only George does the interviews. So I thought that was kind of an interesting reaction because that was a case where I just wanted to talk to someone on on a camera with them. Uh, we couldn't make that one happen. So. Um, but most time I agree with you. If it is the rep, um, it's, you know, we, this is the place why we're going to the trade show is just like I said, why I didn't want to go to TPE. I, we want to meet the stakeholders, the blenders, yeah. the, uh, you the know, personalities. The we want the yeah. personalities behind the blends, right? That's what we want. We want the yeah. personality for the brand. Right. right. Uh, speaking of personalities for the brand, again, I'm going to deviate a little bit here from the mm -hmm. trade show as we quickly yep. come up on a little over an hour here that we've been yep. we've been talking. Um, we had uh, Jose Blanco on the show earlier mm -hmm. last year. It, right. it was a great, great interview. And as you mentioned, I saw you in Texas. But if you guys remember, <laughs> Jose is like, I, I know Nick. Nick's a great guy. You, though, James, I don't know you. I don't know you. Uh, I don't know about you, Jane. Yeah, I don't know about you. I, I have to find out about you. And sure as shit, he fucking called you. He's like, what do you know about this James guy? Yeah, he did. You, you told me this in Texas. He's like, oh, yeah, no, he called me. He did. And and he was, look, he, it wasn't like if he doesn't. Know, and then when I mentioned Nick's name, it, it all came together. It smooth draws. But, uh, but yeah, Jose um, knows who I know. He, know. he knows people I know. And, um. He's got his time is limited these days. Um, he's on the road a lot. He's on a European schedule, which is tougher. So he has to be. I, he can't say yes to everyone like he used to anymore. And, and um, you know, and he he just went and checked it out. And when I mentioned Nick and I said, "Hey, James is a great guy, by the way." Um, so I said, "I've met James at the show, and I think we had already met in Texas at that point. We were going to meet in Texas. I forget, but." Uh, yeah, I mean, he just he respected my opinion on that one. Uh, but I can't fault him on that at all. No, they've I, been I, burned. They've been burned in the past. You know, I just, so. yeah, I can tell you stories off the air where they've been burned. Yeah. yeah. So they tried to be hilarious. nice. Yeah. I yeah. just found it funny. He like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to vet you. I'm going to check you out. I'm like, all right, no, that's cool. And he did. Well, no, it wasn't, he I was, thought he was just busting my balls. He was just checking um, to see if I knew you guys. And, and, and he said, they, they contacted me. I said, well, it's Nick. 
And it took him a while to process Smooth Draws was, was a while. And, oh, Nick, yeah, yeah, you know. And, uh, I said, they're good guys. I said, definitely go on with them. And uh, I don't know if I was – he may have already decided to do it. I don't know. But, you know, I don't want to say I, I had to convince him on it. It wasn't like he just asked me and, and uh, I told him. Yeah, no, I, I'm hoping Nick, you had nothing but nice things to say you about know, me. Although and, I don't and, know, there's some, there's some days I feel like well, Nick would rather strangle me than look at me. No, the guys, I've, I've, he's called me on. I don't know, but I've seen their products, and I said, look, I think they have a pretty good product. I said, I, you don't, I don't know them, but give it a shot. If you, you know, talk to them a little more. If you feel comfortable, give it a shot because I think their product's pretty good. So, I mean, there's a few guys I've done that with. You know, even though I, I've never talked to some guys, there's some guys I could tell you do good work, and and they certainly, you know, I. Jose doesn't see all the work, so if I've seen it, I'll give him my opinion on that, or someone else on that. Yeah, no, and I and I appreciate you uh, saying nice things about me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said don't go on someone's show. I honestly don't think I've ever said that. To be honest with you, um, I, I don't know if there's anybody that I know of personally where somebody asked me, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, don't do that. No, I, I don't think I would do that either. I think there's a lot of good guys, and there's guys getting started. There's guys who have different styles, so you don't. You know, I may say, hey, this guy's style is a little maybe not what you're used to. You know, it's funny when when he interviewed Matt Booth, right? I warned him about that interview. I said, Jose, this is going to be like pandemonium with this interview. I said, if you think you're prepared for an interview, don't. You throw the book out. And what happened exactly, Matt Booth just <laughs> unleashed on him. Oh, Matt Booth is Matt Booth. Yeah, Matt Booth is Matt. He is and, who he is. But I don't think Jose's seen a lot of Matt Booth interviews, so I, I think it was a surprise to him. And he had a good time with it. Don't get me wrong. He had a good time with it. But, but yeah, you know, I said, sometimes the style, I said, you know, Jose, if you're going to ask him about, you know, rapper buying the filler here, this ain't the one to do. This ain't the interview to do it with Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to get Boothy on. Uh, I, that's like one of the, like him, Carlito. Uh, we haven't had either one of those uh, uh, those gentlemen on. I'd love to have both of them. Yeah, on. they're good. They're really good interviews in different ways. Carlito is very much a uh, open book. He's a little harder to get now that the pandemic's over. But um, you know, uh, he Carlito really does appreciate the media um, for what they're doing. I know that he likes who, to have his story captured. Who in in the industry that you could think of off the top of your head is really good with media that wants to? sit down, have a conversation. Like they don't mind it. Cause I know with some of these guys, it's really like pulling teeth and it, it's, it's hard. And I'm sure it's like this in whatever industry anybody's covering is media, but uh, you know, who in your mind, you know, that, you know, you can call up and be like, Hey, you want to come on and do a uh, sit down and talk about what's going on in the industry. You want to talk about what's new with you. Like who are some of the guys that you are go-tos for you? Well, uh, Raphael Nadal from all to this, Nick Perdomo, uh, they they've always they've just you know when when can we come on when can we help uh how can we help they're they're always great um even guys like for example there's a guy Ian Reese from Dapper we've called him in a pinch a couple of times to come on the show and he's come on and I said next time I I'm not gonna call him in a pinch I want to schedule him out great guy with the media maybe just not a guy who's out there but but a really really good guy uh to deal to deal with on that. Uh, Justin Andrews from STG is a good one to get to. He's he's a little tough, uh, but there's like I said, there's plenty of smaller companies. Like I was just mentioning, um, you know, Ian's one, um, Fred Rui, uh, you know, with Illusioni. He's uh, he's pretty accessible. Terrence is great. Terrence, you know, Terrence is awesome. Yeah. Terrence is awesome. I mean, he will come on. Uh, 
he, you know, when he was a Casada, he wasn't quite the guy going on the shows. He, he kind of changed when he went to Agonorsa a lot more to, to do those types of things. So, um, Hosto Aro is good. He used to be very shy with the media, but now he's comfortable doing interviews. So, Husto is a really good guy. Um, I can think of uh, Enrique Sanchez from 1502. Uh, he's we've Nick and I have dealt with oh, him. Yeah, I need to get him back. on the show. Enrique's awesome. I awesome love guy. guy. Yeah, I mean, he's an awesome guy on that. He's a good, um, he's a good friend. Good friend of the – yeah, he's yeah. been a longtime yeah. friend of all of ours. So, um, like I said, but, you know, like you'd be surprised like when – like Nick Perdomo is really good with the media, and he will come on a show, and he will promote that show for you. They, like this, that Perdomo army is huge. Right? There's not a lot of folks, and this is not a slam on anybody who's been yeah. on who hasn't done this. Yeah. Don't like if you're listening, like or watching, right. don't take this as a as a slight because it's not. But there are very few who will promote that they've been on. Uh, right. and, and like I told yeah. you before the show, when Charlie was on, he promoted it on on his site, and he was very complimentary in what he said. Uh, and he set up this whole interview with uh, Brooks we're going to have uh, in the middle yeah. of March yeah, because uh, he wants to see it. And so it, it, there are some guys, Brian Dezen from from uh, Pravada. He came Pravada on our show. He came yeah. on my show. He, 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 we asked our, him. He came on. Yeah. yeah. And he promoted the shit out of it. And he was just awesome. It was a great uh, yeah. conversation. Whether or not you, you like him or you agree with what he says, it doesn't matter. It was a great show. It was a great interview. Yeah. So there's very few out there that 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 yeah. will do that. And I'm, I, 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 oh. there are times, Coop, where I I look at that and I go, why? Why yeah. do they not want to promote that yeah. they were on a show? Yeah, soccer is great. Oh, I, I can't believe about soccer and Malillo. They're both great, but soccer. Oh yeah, Malillo's fantastic. Soccer will promote the crap out of that too. Um, and he'll always have a commentary before and afterwards about it, right? And people they they get into that commentary about it. Did, did, uh, did you, not to interrupt you, but did you see Nick's interview with with Saka at the show last year? Yes. Where where at the beginning of the interview, he's like, "Yeah, we're here at uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust with Steve Saka." And Steve's like, "Really? You didn't know where you were at?" <laughs> You know what? That was all calculated. I have to say it was a yeah. very ca- and it got the exact response that but I knew that's... I would get from Steve because he's like, what? You're coming. You don't even know where you're at. I'm like, I acted like I never heard of the brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what? You, and you you're kidding get him, me, right? You got to get him on a cranky opened, day. But it broke the day. ice. <laughs> it broke the ice, though, right? It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, last year he wasn't cranky when we were at the booth, but a couple of years ago he was cranky. <laughs> so, uh, is he you know, better cranky? Is it is it more fun when he's cranky? Oh yeah, it's it's fun when he's cranky, and he wasn't cranky at us. He's just cranky. Yeah, my chair is uncomfortable. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, um, I'm hungry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, he did mention this is his, uh, you know, eighty sixth interview because we were, we hit him on the he, last day. He only does interview. He only does interviews. That's all he does. Yeah, yeah he right. sits in that chair for three days and does interviews. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious! That's a really good soccer impression, by the way. Which reminds me, the next time you you uh, you speak with Ricky Rodriguez, uh, ask him to do his impression of Nick. It's pretty spot on. I haven't it, seen it. It's pretty spot. He refuses yeah. to do it for Nick. Yeah. I asked him to do it in front of me, and he just got all bashful for some reason. I'm like, no, I want to see it. Go yeah. ahead. You could do a Jersey yeah. accent. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, Tim Osgood is a great impersonator, too. So yeah, you get Tim's, to, yeah, Tim's Tim good. Tim is the king of impersonations. Uh, 
he's yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna ask him to do Jose Blanco this year at the show. I want to well, see if he'll do Jose, Jose Blanco. When you go over there, just like like email me or text me or whatever, be like, hey, I'm heading over because I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I'll definitely do that. Yeah. All right. So let, let, let's kind of wrap things up here. Uh, what are the top three things you think are going to come out of the show this year, whether it's cigars, whether it's news, whether it's whatever, what are the top three things you think are going to come from the show? I think number one is uh, from a news standpoint is they, it's what we talked about. Um, they're not going to see the boost of the trade show uh, that they saw. I don't think they'll see a major boost. There may be a small one, but uh, it, it's going to be almost flat. I think. Uh, from the year before, so I think they're gonna they're gonna figure that out. I think number number two is I think um, a lot is gonna be talked about who's the opening party this year, which we haven't even got to, because I do know Guy Fieri is not at the opening party or Espinosa's this year, there, and really? I don't think is there. So, will the opening party have a different vibe this year? And 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 I mentioned this, it may seem like an insignificant story, right? But think about last year. At that party, you had Guy Fieri, you had the whole Espinosa crew, you had Saka there, um, you had Matt Booth, okay, and you had QI giving away a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. How are they going to top that this year? Does anything become a disappointment now? So I, I think that's something to watch this year, right? I don't know what they they've been pretty tight lipped on what the opening party is so far. You know, I, I think there's going to be a closing party as well. There's going to be a closing party, but I heard it's moved. So originally it was going to be Monday night after the show closed. I heard it moved to Sunday night. Huh. I think they were concerned with people leaving down. Oh, on that. Right, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, and I think the third thing news-wise is we haven't talked about much about the, the half-day closing. Is this now going to become a two-and-a-half-day show where people still bolt early, right? Well, Monday was Monday's always been a slower day than Saturday or Sunday. It always is, but you know, I think a lot of like I said, it goes back to my theory: most retailers can't afford to be there for three days. So I don't know if cutting that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the effect of the cutting of the extra day is going to be. Well, I know how it affects us. I mean, for me, I hate it because it was. Look, we didn't really talk about this a whole lot, but you right. know, we, we we get in the same time manufacturers do. But as I said in in the clear the air last week, is uh, the secret sauce of Simply Stogies, according to uh, right. Coop. I'm looking uh, forward to this one actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that manufacturers, the guys we want to talk to, don't go to the floor at nine o'clock in the morning. No, they got they they come strolling in like two hours later. Because yeah. you know, coming into work at nine in the morning is a is a you know a crime, right? So it, it it's it feels kind of like cool. a, it's not cool. Yeah, yeah, no, like if Nick were there, <laughs> Nick wouldn't stroll in till like noon, and he'd be wearing the stupid fucking Apple Vision fucking Pro goggles. Yeah, well, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I don't I don't yeah. know how much I really I really yeah. like that. And then to not have that half day where they're like begging for something to do. Like there's nobody here to come yeah. interview me. It's like, well, now I don't have that. I don't get that. Uh, you know, so it's selfish on my part, but I understand why they do it. I just, I, personally, yeah. I don't like it. No, I agree. I, I think company wise. Well, a lot of eyes going to be on Drew. And we talked about Padron, but a lot of eyes going to be on Drew State. And we talked about this, actually. How big do they come back? What 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 splash? Drew State likes to make a splash at a trade show. They don't just like to come into a trade show. They got to make a splash. 
Um, I think I know what the Freestyle Live Cigar is. And if I'm right, it's going to be a splash. But I'm gonna, I'll just say it. I'm, I guess it's the Metallica Connecticut, the Black in Connecticut. I'm guessing that. I have no knowledge other than tasting the cigar. So if they do something, you know, but I see Drew Estate not just coming in and uh, sending out three or four press releases. I think I, they're going to try to make a splash at this trade show. They should be in back. So they're going to everyone know they're back and they're back to stay. And I think that's going to be a, a big one for that this year. Well, as a lifelong Metallica fan, I'm certainly looking forward to the uh, Black in Connecticut. Uh, if you it know, is that, if it is that, this if is my it guess. Is that, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it would be great if that's what it is that they have Hetfield there uh, at the show for a day or whatever. Like, that would be fantastic. I'd be like, I, I, I haven't heard any, there. I haven't had any knowledge, but it, you know, I would it surprise me if Drew State had a half day with him there? No, it would not surprise me. But yeah. I have no, I've heard nothing to the effect that that's the case. I, I, I would, I would wait in line. Like a little schoolgirl, all giddy with excitement to meet James Edfield. Oh, I had to break the guy's hearts a few years ago with Guy Fieri. I'm like, guys, we can't spend an hour online for Guy Fieri. Um, no, so, but you got Chaz last year. I we walked we, by the well, other booth. I'm like, oh, you got Chaz. We asked Dean. Well, we we offered we offered to say, hey, Dean, can we come back at a time? Let the people go. And Dean wanted us to go now. We we didn't want to. We actually didn't want to jump people with that. Um, but we couldn't, we just can't do an hour. Um, no. and I just interviewed Chaz on Saturday, by the way, for KMA radio. He's a, he'll be back at the trade show this year. I've been told. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, so he'll be back there this year. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll be able, cause I, we walked past, uh, I talked to Dean, uh, briefly at the show. I was like, Hey man, like I saw the Chaz was here. That's awesome. He's like, yeah. He's like, why didn't you guys stop by? I'm like, there was a line. We didn't have time. He goes, you, we would have let you jump the line. I'm like, yeah, no, we're not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> I, I did pull my media credentials out at the party last year um, because I wanted to get photos of the opening party and I, I couldn't wait online. So I went to I went to PCA. I said, look, I'm not asking anyone to give me any. I just want to get behind here and take the pic. And they let me do that. They did let me do that. And I did get handed a couple of things, but I wasn't asking for anything. Yeah, I, but I just, you know, to wait online to take those photos was just I just couldn't do it. Um, so that line was so insane. And if you weren't there, I know you guys are like, oh, it was just a long line. No, you don't understand. You don't understand that line was out the door around the corner. It uh, was, it was, it was, it was logistically a, badly set up. It was, it was like almost a three hour wait for some folks to get up to, to meet Guy Fieri and, uh, you know, Saka and Aurora. I think it was insane. It was fucking yeah. insane. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I'm hoping that this year yeah. it's a, a little less of a logistical nightmare. Uh, for the opening party. Let me let me ask a question to you guys. So because this I, I kind of complained about this to both PCA and the CRA. Day two at the last hour, you notice they get everyone together in Rocky Patel's booth to do like this powwow. Yes. So I went up to both organizations and I said, guys, why can't you one schedule this? So one of the media could be there. But more importantly, we had appointments with manufacturers that had to be canceled because they had, they felt they needed to go to this, and look, rightfully so. I think it's an important. They're trying to fundraise and everything, rightfully so. But we really had a scram. We had to reschedule. We had to reschedule Nick Malolo, mm. and he was one of the last interviews we did. Trade. You know how hard it was to reschedule Nick Malolo to do that. So I'm just saying, I'm hoping they're gonna. I got, I got a sympathetic ear from both parties on this, but I don't know if anything's gonna be done. But but I think I explained it to them. And then I heard it's a little more complicated. Than, I don't know how it could be more complicated. Five o'clock is the CRA power hour. And you just do it that way. 
But we're, yeah. I know we're going to be careful. Like, I just want to know when it is because we're not going to book appointments around that time. We're going to be careful about five o'clock appointments this year for that reason. But, you know, talking to Charlie, he's, he, he's like, he goes, you guys book appointments? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, well, that's your first mistake. Well, like, he's all we, about not booking appointments. And I'm like, uh, we okay. do. We do when we're asked. So Nick asked us to book the appointment, come at a certain time. Uh, Saka asked us to come at a certain time. So if someone asks, especially we know that it's a crowded booth, we're going to do that. But in general, yeah, we book very few appointments. Um, and uh, we, we try to minimize. And we, we're, we, But we, we will, if a company asks us to do it, if it's easier for them, we do it. Um, yeah. But we don't we don't call up like I know some people were calling up every company trying to put a schedule together. And, and usually that's a formula for disaster. I tried oh, to do that. God, that is a formula for disaster. I think we tried to do that last year uh, just to, to try to make it easier for the manufacturers so they know when we're coming. Doesn't seem to matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> and then what we do is if someone can't get us, we basically don't wait like more than five minutes. We'll be back. We'll be back in 15 minutes and then we just come back another time. Yeah, that's, uh, because yeah, that, that's it, yeah, what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's not like, but but like I said, I know soccer really plans his calendar out, so we're gonna respect that part and and, and we'll do that. But you, but, know? you know the 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 CRA thing and 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 having to reschedule appointments again, that just goes to my point that media is still in a lot of respects, even for the PCA, yeah, the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, and why wouldn't you want the media at the at that powwow? Uh, last year, Carlito, I heard, was in rare form and everything. You know, you want to get that type of publicity. You want people, pa- you know, you want that type of coverage there. Uh, well, it, it's a, it, it's an important part of what's going on yeah. in the industry. Yeah. It, uh, so I don't understand why that it's not more in the forefront. And I'm hoping with you know Antoine now in the role he's 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 in with with the PCA that things would change eventually. But I, I just don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question on that. I'm not sure. We could talk. We didn't really talk. I'm not sure exactly still what his role is. I don't know I, either. I mean, I know he was coordinating some of the media credential stuff. I know he produces content. Um, but I thought, it, again, I'm not really sure what it, he's a good guy, Antoine. I know him a long time. So um, I'm happy he's with the PCA and everything, but I'm not really sure what his role is. Um, well, let, let me. Let me ask you this. This will be the last question that I ask you, and we'll get we'll get out. Yeah, of whatever I you, you want. Yeah. I, I know you're busy. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't tell you I need. So I'm here for I, whatever you got. Um, yeah. I asked Charlie this question, and, and he gave me a very uh, professional and business response, which was, "Do do you think the PCA is trying to compete with what you do?" Yeah, here's my answer on this. They want. They have been unhappy with some of the messaging they've gotten from the media. Right. And I can say, I mean, if you ask Charlie, I'm sure he would say yes, maybe a lesser extent with some of the coop stuff, although I don't think. But they so they're trying to control the narrative of putting that out. So they feel that if they control the narrative, it's in their best interest. Now. And PCA's only got about what do they have, about thirty five hundred members, maybe. Yeah. So they have a limited reach. So I don't really consider them competition in that there was a couple of points where i thought that they were there were stories i was working on that they kind of jumped on that they shouldn't have because they weren't press released and there's stories sometimes that i do that are not press released and and there was a couple of times that i haven't had that was a problem i don't think it's a problem anymore i think we talked to them about that and um so that that's one thing the other thing was you know last year there was a cigar 
that was reviewed by PCA. And it's not so much that they did the cigar review. It's that the information on the cigar release came through that channel. And, and it was it, it, the media was completely bypassed on that. And I, I really think PCA's message to them back needs, okay, we'll take this cigar. We're happy. You want someone on our team to review it, that's fine. But you need to you need to be engaging our media partners who have really been supporting us for 15, 20 years. Um, so we can and, and and that was I'll tell you what the cigar was. It was Nova cigar that went that way. And I was really disappointed uh to find that out that way. You know, instead of they just went to the PCA with it and and you know, and a lot of people didn't cover that cigar last year. So, do do you think that that is an issue of they still look at us, uh, and when I say us, I mean media as a whole, as these are hobbyists who are taking to like this is not their day job. Like if you take Charlie and company out of the equation, right? Everybody else has a day job, so we're not media professionals. We are podcasters, bloggers, and fucking hobbyists that that just like to talk cigars. Do you think that's part of the issue? Because if that's part of the issue, then my question to them is, then why aren't you sponsoring more of us? If you don't, if you want us to be, if you want this to be our full-time job where we dedicate 10 hours, 12 hours a day to this, and this is what all we do, we eat, breathe, and sleep this, then why aren't you sponsoring us so we can afford to eat, breathe, and sleep this. The the here's one of the problems. About half of the guys who do cigar media coverage will say they're hobbyists. Well, I don't. We're not taking this serious. You know, we don't want. We don't want to be taken seriously. You know, we we, we don't care if we make money. We're here to. That's being said by members of the I, I, media. That's I, the I've pro- said that because I don't expect them to do that. I don't expect them to 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 fund this, right? You know, but at the same time, who else is going to give me a, a an advertisement or a sponsorship other than somebody in the industry? Yeah. Because certainly those outside of the industry, it's like, oh, it's tobacco. Yeah, no, we're not going to advertise. My bookkeeper looked at things what I was doing this year and basically said, you know, you're not going to make money. Like I, we've been, we've actually never been in the red on coop, right? But costs are going up. So I'll just say. Um, but we never made a ton of money. The, the, I always kind of said I never really was public is I want to be solvent on this stuff. I just don't want to be like losing money doing it. Um, I want to make some money and eventually I do want to grow and everything. And maybe I'll do this full time. But, um, you know, the idea is I, so I do treat it like a business. And that's why I'll say sometimes where if I'm not covering you, I, I just I'm not seeing like I do a lot of analytics and stuff with traffic and everything. And I know the companies that get the traffic and the companies that don't. So I know, who's, you know, so I, I look at that. So I, I think there's a little bit of that problem comes from the media itself. Um, and that's a problem. I just I don't have a problem if someone wants to be a hobbyist. But I think what happens is. You did a top 10 list this year, right? For the first time ever. Yes. Nice, nice job on it. I told I was talking to Nick about it. And it Thank was a you. good It was a solid list, right? Not necessarily agree to every cigar, but solid list, right? How many people put that on their shelf talkers? Nobody. Well, who always is on the shelf talker? Yeah, it's cigar aficionado. Yeah, yeah. Now, and then, yeah. So that's that's the point. I mean, and you know, I've had well. Now I have to have conversations with the company saying, "Hey, thank you very much for the rating. Is there anything we can do for you?" I said, "Could you just share the post?" Oh, yeah. I, nobody. I, I said, and I said, 
it increases our reach because you have a reach that of, of your customers and your partners that we don't have with some of these still. And they don't get that, right? But aficionado doesn't have to ask for that. Like, look, when, when someone gets a number 24 cigar from aficionado, thank you, cigar aficionado. It's like the greatest gift in the world. Uh, there was, we, we, I did a cigar review for a company that was, was, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but they were here for a while and then they left and they came back. When they came back, I was the first one to have them on the show. I did a review on their cigar and I saw this last year that they had all these scores for the cigars that they've released since they've been back and my score wasn't on there. And I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. And I kind of feel like the industry uses us to kind of maybe get that grassroots going, get get a little bit oh. of, of, of hype and whatnot. And then when they get mentioned by who they perceive is bigger, because I know what my numbers are, who they perceive is bigger, they'll put that on there. And I'm like, mm, mm. that doesn't sit yeah. right with me. And that's where relationships become very important. And, you know, I could kind of I could kind of poke jest a little at it with, with some companies and other companies. I'm a little more serious with it. And I'm like, yeah, if you just if you like a review, the best thing you can do for us is not hand me a sponsor check because you like the review. The best thing you could do is share that review and share that you like what we're doing on the podcast and share your PCA coverage. Um, that's, that's, uh, that, there's more power in that in a lot of ways. So, but the point is, it goes back to, unfortunately, James, there's some of these sites and you see them out there. They're scoring 98 is their average score, right? Yeah. And these companies get it. You don't think they see right through it. I've had conversations with companies on it. Like I'll never forget. There was a company that called me up, right? And they're not in business anymore. And he got a 90, he got like a 97, right? And he calls me up. He says, Oh, so-and-so gave me a 97. I said, okay. He goes, what do you think about it? I'm like, what, what, it's not my site. And he goes, he goes, I don't understand how the cigar got a 97. <laughs> he's like, it's a good cigar, but 97 is like, and he's like, tell me. I said, I can't answer that, you know, again, but so it's not being taken seriously a lot of times. Uh, so I think that's where the problem lies a lot. Of, and and part of what you have to do, what I have to do is some of the other guys like Matt Tobacco uh, develop, you know, they have to just kind of build the relation. We have to just keep building relationships and kind of, you know, get the ask in. And because unfortunately, and again, this ain't knocking the hobbyists. They're a very important part of what we do. But what happens is when they see it's a hobbyist, they, it do, they don't feel it has the same power as as someone who is not a hobbyist. Yeah, I'm gonna get, yeah, I'm gonna get in I, trouble. I know for saying that, but probably. But I mean, I understand where you're coming from because yeah. when I started this, uh, I, I was just a hobbyist who who I was a podcaster who started smoking cigars. It was like, oh, why don't I just combine yeah. the two, right? Like, okay. Yeah. And it's just kind of grown to this other thing where now it's I I, I feel like. Well, we don't put out press releases. We certainly have folks on yeah. when they've got something to say and they have something to add. We, they want to get their story out. And and we do cigar, like legit cigar reviews. Like we just did a review for, for a cigar that got a 7.4 and I'm just rolling my eyes. I looked at the reviewer. I'm like, are you sure it's a 7.4? He's like, oh yeah, no, it was a 7.4. I'm like, okay. I put it out. Like it's not my review. It's his review. It's, it's his yeah. taste. It's his palate. And it's all yeah. subjective, right? So yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not doing that. We're not giving scores just to get get attention and kudos from these guys. We're giving what we feel are legit scores for the cigars. Uh, and in some cases, I think even that works against us. It's almost like for guys like me 
who are in that weird space where we're not the small guy anymore. And we're certainly not Coop and we're certainly not half wheel, but we're kind of somewhere in between you guys and, and the hobbyists. It's hard to get traction with these folks in the industry. And we ask for the sale. We ask for, for, and, oh yeah, no, absolutely. You've always been a supporter. We're going to support you. And then crickets. There's yeah. Nothing. And it is a little disheart. I'll be honest. It's a little disheartening. I looked at the, I looked at my staff. Uh, in fact, I think I talked to Nick about this uh, late last year. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this because it just kind of feels like we're spinning our wheels. You know, he, Nick talks me off the ledge and he's like, oh, no, you, you know, we're nah, doing the right gotta, thing. We're doing the right thing. It takes a long it. time. You know, this year it was interesting. In this calendar year for the first time, we've had two ratings published in product materials. It's never happened. Uh, one company put us on. Uh, there was a 93 given. Uh, it was put on their sampler pack with the cigar coupe name. And then we noticed a cigar coming out of PCA with new packaging that's going to have a shelf talker, that, that number two cigar of the year. That was a big accomplishment. I mean, that was Huge. big for me. Huge. That's not happened. I mean, that has not happened before. Um, so, you know, it, and I'm doing this. This is my 14th year. So it took a long time. for, And we happened to just get two of them since January 1st. So... You know, well, it, it takes a lot of work. So for a guy who like me who's just celebrated his his fifth year doing this. Right. And you tell me it's taken you 14 years to get to where you're at. I yeah. look at that and I go, I got another fucking decade before I get there. Is well, that when I start to get a little bit of, I don't want to say gravitas with these guys, but a little bit more respect from those of the industry. Is it really going to take another decade for me to get that? Um. It might. I mean, the thing that was key is we invested a lot on the website, which I think helped. But for the first four years, I didn't take sponsors. Now, it wasn't because I didn't believe in sponsors. I didn't think I had the value prop to deliver a sponsor, right? So I had to get to a point where I felt I can have enough traffic to get there. Um, and then I was working with another partner for about three, of the, three years later, and he just wasn't focused on growing the business. So I lost four years not doing it and three years with this other partner. And then I move over on my own and that's when it started to crick. So really I'll throw out those first seven years with that. Um, so you're, uh, well, that makes, saying you're not that far off is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, look, yeah. for the first three years, we didn't, you know, look for sponsorships or anything. And then last year we started looking and we got a lot of verbals. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then like just crickets. It's like, well, yeah, where's it at? And they just ignore me. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. And then, like, the bigger problem is getting people to renew your sponsorship, and uh, that's always a challenge. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, w we went we went to one-year minimums now because it was too much effort doing the six months, you know, stuff. So um, if someone asks for six months, we'll make an exception, but we don't price it at six months anymore. Yeah, just cause I it, do it. Because it costs, yeah. Quarterly. I'm just like quarterly. Like, That's a lot. That's just a lot, see though. what it is. Just see what happens. If you see a yeah. return on the investment, great. Like I, yeah. I look, I, I like I said, I know what my numbers are. The YouTube numbers might be low. But the, we, the, the the podcast numbers are not. We, yeah, we and, and that's what you put that in your media guide, and that's the key thing. Uh we're in the same boat. YouTube's our lowest numbers. And part of why our numbers are low on YouTube is we have we made the decision to age restrict from yeah. the very beginning. Yep. Oh, uh, we are age restricting that. We but our Rumble numbers have grown. Like we had a huge increase in Rumble last year. Nice. Rumble, our Rumble numbers may be bigger than our YouTube numbers in, in some cases now, and it probably is going to completely pass it. Wow. So we're seeing more with that. We're starting to embed more of the Rumble material now. 
Uh, but oh, but but the bread and butter is the downloads. Uh, the download numbers uh, and the website. We, I guess we have, oh yeah, we have a lot going on on the website. So and that's hard to do a website. You know, if you haven't, it's a different mindset. <laughs> so I have uh, Tim. So I have Tim. Tim does the website. But yeah, if you get your website every day, give a reason for someone to get to the website. It, it's key. So well, I could I, like just knowing what we did. And I think we put those numbers out uh, on the uh, on on our After Dark show uh, for February first. We hit almost a half a million uh, unique visitors on the website for last year. So that's a good. That's very good. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good numbers. So yeah, like it's not. They're not small numbers. And it shocked me when Tim told me because I was just like, hey. Like, what's it at? He's like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. All yeah. right. Maybe we're doing something right. Yeah. Last 2022, we had um, we had 29% growth on the website. We had an enormous year on the website. We knew we weren't going to do it. We didn't. We hit, like, I think 4.5% this year because we knew that those numbers were very high for whatever reason last year. Yeah. Um, And that was going to be hard to build on. So we got 45 So we grew. But. Our podcast grew. The podcast where we saw the growth last year, the podcast was was about twenty three percent last year. Yeah, I still think for this medium, like YouTube and Rumble are great. Don't get me wrong; people want to watch my ugly mug every week, yeah. whatever. Uh, but uh, the the podcast downloads is where it's at. My voice pod, is yeah. definitely the, better than my yeah. Space. And you know, there's value in a podcast ad because uh, some people like we do permanent ads, so you're never going to lose it. Yeah, no, that, that would be that'd be great. You hey, could, look, if could, you're a manufacturer. <laughs> We could do a dynamic. We could do a dynamic. We chose not to. It's more work. So there are ways you could kind of time control those things, but uh, I just chose not to do it. It's yeah, just too no, much work. I don't blame you. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. too much work. Yeah. People just don't, people, they're like, oh, you just sit there and talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had we had a significant increase in our streaming costs this year. I can tell you that. And I think with Zoom, people may have seen that. Um, yeah. I know we did because we was, we were one, we had some of the earliest Zoom pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, and it's not going to. And they hadn't better. raised, and they hadn't raised us in six years, and this year we got hit with a raise. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah. of it is what it is. Yeah, uh, Coop, tell the folks where they can uh, listen to you, where they can watch you, and where they can uh, uh, read your reviews and all the uh, press releases. Yeah, easy. Go to cigar-coop dot com. Um, that is your hub that will get you to all of our uh, what I call cigar coop the magazine content. Uh, all of our podcasts are on there, you know, the announcements of who's on the show. Uh, if you want to go direct, go to your favorite podcast catcher uh, for the podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey. Uh, we do dabble on Instagram. Um, and fa- well, we, we have Facebook as well. We dabble on Instagram, uh, but that's more for our short content we put on there. So um, you can check that out. And if you're going to be following Coop, uh, you probably just finished uh, – when the show airs, um, we just got through with our pro cigar coverage. So we really expanded our pro cigar coverage this year a lot. Um, so you'll want to check that out. Um, and of course, we're if you're watching us now, you're, we're in PCA mode. So uh, it's a very this is gonna be a very busy month for us as we as we trek towards the trade show in three weeks. Yeah, you're gonna have your uh, your uh, media panel on, I'm sure, here in the next uh, couple of weeks. We gotta figure all that out. Yeah, we are just behind, <laughs> and I got pro cigar, so we uh, we are a little. But we we do have Scott. Like by the time you hear Scott Pierce, we'll have been on our show. So uh, so you can hear the interview with Scott. We always kick off our PCA podcasts with Scott. 
So he's coming up. He's already up uh, by the time the show airs. Yeah, go go give it a, uh, a listen if you missed it. Uh, Scott, it's always a good interview with Scott. Yeah, he, he ain't really good. Oh, never says no to us. He's never re- turned down a request. Um, and he's always great. And he was great. I said, I talked to Nick. I think you guys had a great show with him. So uh, enjoyed it a lot. And the after show, too. So. You and the God, I don't know what you guys gonna do. You guys gonna tear me apart on the after show. I'm not gonna tear you apart. Tim's I, gonna tear me apart. It's okay. Tim, Tim loves you. You fucking gave him. Oh, this is a secret sauce to fucking. Dude, that's a great. Uh, listen, I wish I thought of that, and I wouldn't do it because out of respect to you guys, but that's your deal, and you did. I wish I thought of that. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ, his head just got three times bigger because you said he, that. Look, it's a good. I I like that Nick's on it too now. Uh, Nick's been yeah. on it. I like uh, I, because I feel yeah, I feel it's a good. Uh, it's a good recap and you guys can, you know, you may think of things afterwards and stuff. It's a really, if folks aren't checking out the after show, definitely do it. You know, it's Nick's laughing. Cause Nick's like, yeah, James told Clearly, me yeah. this is like twice a month and now I'm doing it once a week. Like what the fuck's going on? Welcome to media. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to media, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going, he's going, Nick's going to go to a uh, festival del Habano coming up. And so uh, next week, join us where we've got, you know, Tim doing this fucking secret sauce. And we'll talk about Coop behind his back and, and then put it out for Coop to listen. Oh, to. it's all good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll thanks have, guys. Yeah. 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 And then we'll have, uh, well, I'm sure Nick will have a lot to say about this episode as well. Uh, and then the week after that, we're going to have uh, Nick and uh, Brooks Whittington from half wheel. Huh? Yeah, no, we're going to have him on. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about Festival de Habano uh, and, and everything that went on there. So uh, look forward to that March 15th and, of course, the after show after that. But then we're at, we're at PCA after that. So look for a lot of PCA covers. Like we, we, we're doing reels now. I don't know if you guys like it. If you do, let me know because, you know, it's easy peasy. I just let AI do it. AI does all the reels for me now. So you can check that out on Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, and then on our TikTok because, you know, why the fuck not? Uh, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you, you your, your knowledge, your time. Like you're, you're, you're one of the good ones in the industry. Like I've said before, if I was going to emulate anybody in this industry, it was going to be you, buddy. No, and you guys do a great job. You guys are a good model for a lot of us. We can learn from you guys a lot and, um, you know, keep up the great, enjoy the show. Um, it's, it's in my rotation. So, um, you know, great job. I really appreciate what you guys do as well. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank that, you. that, that means yeah. a lot. I, I yeah. know there's a lot of things you guys can learn from me and all of it is what not to do. <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, I appreciate yep. you, uh, uh, braving the snowstorm there in Jersey to, uh, uh, come hang out and talk with us. He would have been on his backyard yeah. smoking in the igloo or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it got really warm and the the roads cleared up pretty quickly. So oh, that's it wasn't good. So uh, so difficult. You I, had, I love. Yeah, we had heavy rain. That all went your way, by the way. We had that yeah. rain yet uh, day before. So. All right, that's it. That's the show, guys. Thanks for watching. Join us next time. Until then, stay smoky, friends.